This is the Aesthetic Ecosystems Podcast. I'm Ben Hale, your virtual design guide to help you and your family have a healthy, beautiful landscape with less work. What's up and welcome to episode 18 of the Aesthetic Ecosystems Podcast. As usual, we are broadcasting not so live from the north side of Cincinnati in my mobile podcasting studio. If you guys didn't hear in a previous episode, I am recording these in my vehicle. That's right. You can't fake this stuff. And I'm (laughs) sitting stationary in a parking lot, don't worry, with the windows down because it is June. That's right. If you're listening to this soon after recording, I can tell you with confidence that it is now June. And it's so so exciting to have the you know the beautiful vibrance of summer starting to pop into play here and lots of plants growing going crazy and with that of course you got weeds you got mowing you got a lot of work in the garden and that's what we're going to be talking about today of course is is the work and saving time of course on our landscapes before we get into that though i just want to share my excitement of of you guys you my listeners that's right we are a multinational podcast officially looking at all the podcast analytics and everything uh, it's pretty cool to see where where some of you folks are listening in from so uh, especially you know me north side of Cincinnati Ohio USA right in the right smack dab in the Midwest and uh, looking at the the geographies across the United States that we're we're listening in we get, we've got 32 states that have dialed into the Aesthetic Ecosystem podcast within the first 17 episodes. That's pretty exciting, and uh, I'm looking forward to see all 50, you know, fill up that map, of course. And so thank you all from uh, your interest across the United States. And as well, we've got some multinational focus here as well that uh, people tuning in from around the world. So for you multinational folks, thank you uh, for your relative geographies where you're coming from and that's so exciting to me so we've got quite a few folks in the uk shout out to those folks in the uk we got some people from from chile listening in from trinidad i mean you guys this is awesome uh and for for all you other i think we saw i saw sweden on the map too so that's pretty cool uh so for all you folks across the globe listening in i hope you can get some really good value uh, from this podcast and while i talk mostly about united states relevant stuff i mean we're talking about plants right we're talking about landscapes we're talking about our yards and so really this stuff applies across the globe and so while i may be talking about specific examples especially you know when we're talking natives uh stuff that's native to the united states uh, is not necessarily native to trinidad and uh and vice versa so of course some things don't directly apply but a lot of this stuff about uh just general maintenance practices and how we design stuff it applies across the globe so this is super exciting guys thank you to all you listeners out there if you're new to the show i'm super excited that you're here today and what we're going to be talking about today as usual is it really comes down it's not about the landscape it's about time and we're going to be talking about time today and how we can save time in our landscape and specifically today what we're talking about is time saving hacks for mowing so when it comes to mowing, this is almost like the, I, I actually, I would wager to say this is the number one time drain in our landscapes. If you don't have a huge lawn that you're mowing, uh, first of all, congrats to you. Uh, 
and and hopefully you have a relatively low maintenance landscape if you're not uh mowing your lawn all the time and you know of course just because you don't have a lawn doesn't mean you have a low maintenance landscape but mowing in the american lawn especially is is such a prevalent piece of our landscape and and it requires a lot of work it was you know it's originally thought that okay if you want something low maintenance you put in a lawn and it takes a lot less work uh, but the reality is there's a lot of time-dependent work into maintaining and growing and and keeping a lawn looking attractive. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today is how can we still have uh, a lawn that uh, is attractive, is something that we're not ashamed of, it's something that our neighbors won't be complaining about, and it's also something that we're just not tied to all the time. So how do we reduce the amount of work we spend on our lawn, the amount of time we spend on our lawn, and still have a beautiful landscape in our front yard or our backyard? So let's get into it today. We're going to be breaking this up into a few uh, areas. And so I'm just going to give you a kind of a general background here, and then we'll get into uh, some time-saving hacks. So first, a little bit of background here, or a little bit of reason as to why we're talking about the lawn. And if you guys hear a little bit of, of wind or background noise, that's not my fake uh, soundtrack, you know, to make it sound all cool on my podcast. That's actually the wind blowing through my recording studio here and, and the birds outside. So it's, it's actually really enjoyable to be, you know, just to be out outside while I'm recording this. It's kind of cool. So uh, yeah, uh, hopefully the audio comes through good and uh, and. And you guys get a lot of out of this. And hopefully, too, maybe you can be here enjoying this with me as I'm enjoying the weather. Um, okay, so so lawns, the number one time drain for maintenance, right? We'll, we'll wager to say that. And the really interesting thing about lawns is that they're fairly inflexible with how you can maintain them. If you want them to actually look, you know, uh, how people perceive a lawn, right? So evenly cut grass blades, not too tall, relatively weed-free. Uh, in order to maintain that, it's it's pretty inflexible with the schedule and the regime at which you have to uh, do your maintenance. And so it, it, we're going to try and bend that rule a little bit today. But, but in general, when you're typically thinking about a lawn, it's not very flexible with how you maintain it. It also, it takes away from what's important. So think about, uh, if I think about me with my typical weekend, uh, you know, if I have um, stuff going on for the weekend, it's really difficult if I also have to schedule in, oh, well, I need to mow the grass this weekend because otherwise it's going to be too tall and it's going to look ratty. And so sometimes that ends up being, I hate for it to be a priority in the schedule where we have to mow the grass as well and maybe we can't do this because we have to cut the grass. That's really, to me, that's very annoying. And also it, it really takes away from what's important in our lives. And so that's why we're here, right? We're here to save time on the things that aren't so important, like the maintenance in our landscape, uh, so we can spend it on something more important. It's also very weather dependent. If you want to actually um, not hurt the health of your, your lawn, you have to do it You know when the, the grass is relatively dry. So sometimes, I, for me, for sure, I end up rushing out there right before it's supposed to rain to get the grass mowed so we can not have a jungle out there. Um, and, and this can be really a stressful point as well. And, of course, the lawn is the main piece uh, in order for us to keep up with the Joneses. So for us to look, you know, not like the sore 
thumbs sticking out uh, across the the street from everybody or or down the road. We don't want to be that house, right? Nobody wants to be that house where, oh, those are the people that don't really take care of their yard, right? And unfortunately, the lawn is the biggest piece of that. So um, when your grass is too tall or not properly maintained, it really sticks out and stands out. And and unfortunately, it causes a lot of neighborly perceptions uh, because of it. So before we get into the specific tactics today, I want to share an existing resource that I already have uh, up on the Aesthetic Ecosystems website to help you save time just through simple habit changes. And you may have heard me talk about this before, but really the reason why I keep talking about this is this is such an important mindset piece. And um, so I have this guide. It's how to save 27 hours on yard work. Just in one season, you can save 27 hours. That's over a full day of, of your life back just by making simple habit changes in how you you maintain and perceive your yard. And so go on and check it out. Uh, A big chunk of it, of course, is mowing, which we'll talk about some of the elements today. But if you really want to get ninja about it, about these savings through habit changes, uh, go on and check it out. Again, the resource is in the show notes. uh, It's aestheticecosystems.com slash 27 hours, 27HRS. And that'll get you to the, the free resource. Okay, so when it comes to saving time with mowing, there are three main approaches. The first is changing your physical mowing setup. Secondly, uh, making habit and mindset changes. And third, making design changes with your yard. So these three elements in tandem can really go a long way in toward saving you a ton of time in your landscape when it comes to mowing and maintaining your lawn. So let's dive in and check them out. So one of the first things we can change is changing our physical mowing process. So how do we actually mow our lawn? What do we do um, as we're mowing our lawn? And and how can we change that? So the the two primary things I think about here are, are with your physical equipment itself. So your mower width and your mower speed are both uh, important factors into how quickly and effectively you can mow your lawn, right? So the wider your mower... The faster your mower, the more effectively and quickly you can mow your lawn, right? So that's all we're talking about here with changing the physical process. There are other things as well like engine power or whether you're using a a hand push mower versus a um, a gas-powered mower. And of course, too, your your, uh, riding mower versus your push mowers. So those are all factors as well. But... uh, Let's just talk about in general. So with a riding mower, of course, you have a, generally speaking, you have a wider cut. Uh, so you have more investment up front, wider cut, faster mowing. So you're talking about much less mowing time uh, for this chore. And so if you're willing to make the investment, if you really want to save some time, sometimes it's worth making an investment. Um, and so so investing in a riding mower can can really make a big difference, especially with some of these newer ones out there, the, the zero-turn mowers that have a pretty wide mowing deck Uh, can really make a big difference in how you maintain your landscape. Uh, Now, the trade-off here, of course, is the increased maintenance with a riding mower. So, again, if if time is really important, sometimes it's worth the the investment to to get more time back. And so you can actually, you know, invest in a routine maintenance of your mower with with a local provider to really keep your mower in top-notch condition. And so it's sometimes, you know, just think about the, the cost 
to time ratio and which which part is more important with each of your your decisions you're making so if it's really important to save some time sometimes it's worth investing in a little extra cost to get back that extra time that might be spent instead of you know spending a a whole saturday afternoon uh tuning up your mower or 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 fixing some issue with it so just consider that so i digress a little bit here but it's just a point i want to make uh so let's step back okay so mower width and speed so of course, um, with a with a push mower, the wider you can go, the 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 wider a path you can cut, the fewer uh, cuts you have to make across your landscape, right? And in addition, the faster it goes, the faster you walk with it, the the faster you get it done as well, right? And so a lot of these self-propelled ones um, are a pretty fixed speed, but um, you know you might be able to find one that that's a faster. Uh, propelling speed. Some of them are adjustable, right? So the faster you're comfortably able to walk with it, the faster you will get done. That's just the reality of it, right? So um, when it comes to a push mower, you might invest a little money again, but you're saving time. And uh, so I guess let me step back. So just a personal story. We have a mower that um, I just upgraded our mower from an old, pretty old one, actually. I think I bought this thing... uh, I don't know, it's probably already like 15, 20 years old when I purchased it. But uh, I bought it used. I think it was 40 bucks off Craigslist. I mean, I, this thing was a steal. But of course, uh, it being so cheap, it, man, this thing ran awesome up until the end of last season. So it lasted me through most of uh, last year's season, but then uh, it finally finally bogged out on me and I didn't, again, I didn't want to invest the time or the money to uh, to repair it. And I knew I could most likely repair it and get it working again, but I decided it was time to upgrade. And so I, I, uh, <laughs> I think I sold it on Craigslist for forty bucks uh, to uh, to get somebody else to to do it. So I actually didn't really lose any money. I just put age in it, and I did maintain it pretty well. But apparently, uh, at the in the end, it uh, it uh, something happened to it. So anyway. Uh, what I was getting at here is this mower, I think it was a a 19 inch mower. So it cut a 19 inch path across my yard. Well, the new one, it's a 22 inch. So it it cuts four or (laughs) three more. I'm not a math major here, guys. Uh, it cuts three inches wider, which doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're going back and forth across your yard, maybe, maybe 50 times that adds up, you know, it makes a big difference. So, um, uh, consider maybe going with a little bit of a wider cutting path and it can help you out with uh, saving some time. Okay, I think we're, we, we've really spoken enough on mower width and mower speed, and uh, I think you can figure out the rest. So the other piece with the physical mowing process I want to point out here, well, of course, the riders I touched on as well. So you get a riding mower, you're investing more, potentially more maintenance, but um, at the same time, you're, you're cutting more with fewer passes and um and that can really help out (laughs) okay another funny story here actually about the riding mower so my neighbor down the street um i think he shares the perception that um mowing is is less important than his family 
and he tries to do it as little as possible um, without you know their yard looking like crazy but he also tries to do it as quickly as possible so he has a john deere riding uh, lawn tractor and uh, so it's not one of those fancy zero turns but he also happens to be a mechanic and and somehow he has <laughs> he also races cars in the summertime so um, this you know gives you a little perspective as to what he's done here so he somehow rigged his john deere lawn tractor to drive it approximately twice its top speed and man this thing just chugs along i mean he he flies across the yard with this thing and and believe it or not it it cuts it does a great job cutting his yard but um i certainly wouldn't recommend you modify your your lawn tractor to do this of course but um I guess he's got the capabilities and the skill set to do so, as well as the capability and skill set to drive this thing. Because I don't, I don't, I feel like if I had that mower, I'd probably end up flying off of it at some point during the mowing process with how fast he's moving. But it, it's pretty entertaining to watch, actually. So, um, okay, not recommended aside there, but um, but just kind of a funny story. Okay, so the last thing you can do with changing your physical mowing process is to hire it out. A lot of people make this choice. I don't. We. I personally mow our lawn. Uh, I have very specific taste in how I like to mow our lawn, so that's part of it. But um, with that said, you know you can specify how how your lawn contractor, your lawn manager, um, lawn specialist, whatever you want to call them, um, how they take care of your lawn. So remember, you're the client. Their job is to. Uh, please you to get your repeat business in order to get your repeat business they should do what you want and so if they're not willing to do it find a different contractor and so you can make sure they maintain your lawn the way you want to when you want them to do it and if that's too difficult for them you just find a new lawn care specialist there's you know this is the lawn care market is pretty highly commoditized market so uh, people are looking to do it for as quickly as possible with the lowest price possible um, while still making money and and so it's a pretty competitive market too so if you're not getting what you want out of one provider just move on to another one that fits your tastes a little bit better and so with that said you know again this kind of goes back to the whole idea of of um this saves you a lot of time. It saves you a lot of stress or effort or, um, you know, it, it outlays the cost of having to uh, own and maintain your own mower as well. So just by, you know, hiring this out to somebody who is an expert in this space uh, can really go a long way into, or into freeing up your, your time for more important things in your life. So, uh, again, while this is something I don't do personally right now, um, this isn't something I'd... I recommend against. Instead, I recommend you do this if this is something where it takes away from your time and ability to do more important things. So um, with that said, again, just make sure they can maintain the lawn how you want. And if you want some stipulations, the the guide I referenced earlier in the podcast, the 27 hours time excuse me, the 27 hours guide, uh, can really be helpful. If you want to go there, check out what I recommend there. Um, so again, that's at aesthetic ecosystems.com slash 27 hours, two, seven hours. Um, it's also got a link in the show notes here, so you can just check out the show notes and click on the link and use those recommendations to talk with your lawn care provider as you're hiring them to uh, make sure they can maintain your lawn the way you like to. Also, uh, I would just, again, clarify that you want to look for a team that is adaptable 
caring and specific. So, you know, you want to feel like they actually care about your space. And there are a lot of really good lawn care providers out there that go the extra mile to to make sure they're taking care of your lawn the way you want to. They're um, highly trained. But there are also ones out there that are just looking to get things done as quickly as possible and you're just another property to help them meet their bottom line. You don't know want one of those providers. So make sure up front you're looking to make sure they are adaptable, caring, and specific. Okay, so that's enough about changing your practices, your, your physical mowing process. Those are things that can really go a long way. Now let's talk about habits and practices and perception. So this gets back into a lot of mindset stuff. So this is way back in episode one, we talked about the right mindset for your landscape and your life, right? So if you haven't checked that out already, I'd, le- I'd recommend you go to aestheticecosystems.com slash episode one. And there we talk about how really what it comes, what the whole episode boils down to is, of course, I said it way more eloquently there, right? Um, but is that your your life is more important than your landscape. And so it's it's really important to first prioritize your life and what's important in your life. And then secondly, figure out how to take care of your landscape. And so a lot of what I'm talking about here follows under that mindset, that perception piece. And so we can change some of our habits to reflect that new mindset. So the first thing is to simply, these these are going to sound a little crazy, guys, I know, because we all love our lawns even when we hate them. <laughs> and what I mean by that is is we're so caught into a specific habit and a specific routine that it's very hard or very difficult to change that routine. So here's what I'm talking about is is to change that routine. So the first is to reduce your frequency of mowing. Gasp, right? <gasps> All right, that's a better way to do it. I, I, for, I forget sometimes I'm on an audio podcast here. <laughs> okay, so with reducing our frequency of mowing, we're, we're delaying the time frame for when we have to take care of the, the lawn, right? So that's the simple piece of it, but it also affects your lawn. And when we do it in tandem with the next piece, it can actually help increase the resilience and potentially health of your lawn as well. So let's segue into the next piece, and then I'll say more. So the next piece is to raise your mower height. <laughs> All right. So what I mean here is is um, raising the height of your mower increases the health of your grass. And this is kind of a, a process to get through because both decreasing the frequency and raising the height of your mower and mowing is... It seems counterintuitive at first. You would think that you well, a lot of what we hear is to to cut more often and to only cut the top third of your grass blades off. That's kind of the conventional wisdom. And I'm I'm turning that a little bit away from that in order to adapt to our lifestyle better as well as to help increase the resilience and health of your grass at the same time. So when you have a higher grass blade or grass plant, so when you're cutting at a higher height what you have is a healthier plant because it, it develops healthier roots. And then because it's a healthier plant, you get sh- slower growth period or slower growth rate because the plant is not in a stress mode where it's trying to grow as quickly as possible to help uh, offset um, the damage that's been done to it. So the next piece of reducing the frequency 
can play in hand with that because your grass isn't growing as quickly uh, relative to a shorter blade of grass that's been maintained at a shorter height. Um, it's growing more slowly, and so you don't need to cut it as often. And when you do, you're cutting a smaller ratio of the grass blade because it's already at a taller height, if that makes sense. So basically, you're, you're traumatizing the grass less in between cuttings, and you're also traumatizing it less frequently. So the grass is a little bit happier. It's a little bit greener than the same grass at a lower height. And the roots are a bit healthier. So what this all does, it actually helps the whole process because because it's happier and healthier, the roots are stronger. It's more drought tolerant. It's more disease resistant. And you're also, at the same time, you're shading out uh, the soil with taller grass blades. So it reduces the weed pressure on your landscape as well. So all these things go together to help your lawn out. And at the same time, you're saving time and you're saving effort by stretching out the, t- the amount of times you need to mow. There's an additional caveat I want to say here, and I'm living this right now too, is, is sometimes your grass is just growing like gangbusters, right? And during those time periods, you still have to mow more frequently than slower growth periods. So there are in where, around where I live, uh, we have, generally speaking, we have what are called cool season grasses. So they put on most of their growth during the cooler seasons of the year. So for around the Midwest, that's generally speaking, that's your late April through early June phase. And during that phase, with a lot of rain, um, and that's when your grasses are putting on a lot of growth, they're also going to seed, and so... Unfortunately, they require a lot of cutting at the same time. So during certain times, you do have to cut rather frequently, whereas at other times, you can drastically reduce your mowing frequency as your your grass starts to slow down its growth phase. So again, for the Midwest, that's kind of all through midsummer. So your June through, say, August, uh, early September phase, and then it'll go again into another growth cycle as it prepares the roots uh, it builds resilience for the plant throughout the winter months. And so your September through October and even sometimes early November phase, you'll get another burst of growth and you'll have to increase your mowing frequency again. And so that's kind of the, you, you have to be adaptable to what your grass does at this certain times of year. But in general here, what I'm talking about is just stretching out that period as much as you comfortably can um, without damaging your grass by cutting too much of it at the same time. Okay, so another couple things you can do here with your habits. Uh, The next is reducing your synthetic fertilizer use. Or what I would prefer is to, this is my own preference, is to completely eliminate it. Uh, Synthetic fertilizers are these, what they, even the slow, what so-called slow release ones, they're concentrated uh, synthetic chemicals that are designed to deliver uh, specifically usually nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium to your plants. These are the three main nutrients that are used for plant growth. And, and so because they're synthetic, uh, they, they're usually a, a high dose, like a, a strong medicine, right? They're a high dose of vitamins, I guess, for your grass. And they sh- put out this, this rapid burst of, 
or this rapid dose of nutrients. And so what this does is it puts your plant into an unnatural growth phase. But what it also does is it causes a dependency on it because it's it's now used to this like burst of, I guess a better analogy is like sugar, right? So you you give it this big dose of sugar and then it's hyped up on sugar, but inevitably the sugar runs out and then it crashes, right? So the same thing happens with plants, uh, and specifically here with your lawn on synthetic fertilizers as well, as it gives them this this burst, and so you get that big, lush green growth that everybody loves, right? And so there is a there is a, um, a noticeable effect of it, but what it does too is it causes a dependency on this, this synthetic fertilizer that you have to keep using, and and it. it in itself requires work to continually put this stuff on. Okay, so uh, next piece is reducing irrigation. So as we build the health of our grass plants with their better roots, um, they're more resilient to drought, you can reduce your irrigation on your lawn as well. And of course, some places, especially arid regions, if you have a lawn, there's almost no way to completely avoid having to irrigate somewhat. But all in all, if you're increasing the health of your grass plants, you can reduce the amount of irrigation you need to do. Um, here in Ohio, we get 42 inches of rain a year. Um, yes, we do go through what we call droughts here. They're nothing like droughts in Southern California or Nevada, but um, they are periods of dry. And during those times, it does put these these lawns through a lot of stress. But I must say that I do not irrigate our lawn uh, after uh, initial establishment. And so there are areas where you can, even through periods of drought, um, you can uh, have a, a healthy lawn. Okay, the, the last piece I want to say is, is while I'm recommending we reduce our synthetic fertilizer use, increasing natural feedings can help uh, boost the health of your lawn, um, and specifically through boosting the health of your soil underneath your lawn. A lot of our lawns are built on pretty poor soils, um, and so adding some natural uh, fertilizers or natural feedings, you can really boost the health. So here I'm talking about uh, my favorite, of course, is compost. If you haven't heard about it already, check out some previous episodes. Um, but, But compost can go a long way to helping boost the health of your lawn. And um, there are a lot of other so-called organic options. So I'm not talking about necessarily USDA organic here, but, but natural, naturally derived options that can really be used as amendments to help boost the health of your lawn. And those can do a lot to um, just overall increase the resilience and health of your grass plants. The last piece I want to talk about um, as far as how we can uh, change our mowing habits is... Uh, changes in design. So this is if we're coming up on a project, if we're just so tired of maintaining our lawn, first of all, I totally get you there. Um, if you're if you're ready to get to this step, there's more work involved with the upfront piece, but it can really go a long way into how you have to treat your lawn. So some design changes here. I'm just going to go over kind of top level stuff. First, and this is going to sound obviously obvious, um, <laughs> reduce your lawn, right? So don't, you don't need so much lawn. If you look at uh, the typical landscape, I'm looking out at a, a landscape right now and uh, about 50% of it is lawn and it's not ever used, but it's still mowed. They have, the, they have to mow it almost every week or sometimes a couple times a week. 
So could you put something else in that space to get rid of the lawn? Could it be like a meadow planting? Could it be a garden? Could it be um, a tree garden? Um, Lots of different options of what you can do with your space that's not lawn. So a lot of times the default is to put in a lawn where you're not thinking about other stuff. But the reality is that that while it's maybe a little bit lower cost up front, the cost of time and investment to mow that is very significant. And that's the part we're trying to get rid of here. So, so think about how you can reduce the amount of lawn you have. So the next piece, it goes in tandem with this, is to replace your lawn with some low-maintenance garden designs. Of course, it would be horrible if you replaced your lawn with some sort of high-maintenance garden. And so make sure you reference previous episodes to figure out how do you put in a low-maintenance landscape, right? Uh, That's what we've been talking about here on this show um, from episode to episode is what are the significant and most important pieces of designing a low-maintenance landscape? And so replace your lawn with something that doesn't need tons of work. So on the flip side of what I'm looking at right now, out my front window of my recording studio, is while half of it is lawn, the other half of it is this beautiful prairie meadow uh, planting. So um, it's full of native um, grasses and perennial flowers, and it's host to a ton of birds and pollinating insects and it's just kind of buzzing with life the wind blows through it it's beautiful and uh, so while 50% of the the landscape I'm looking at right now is is mown lawn the other 50% is this very low maintenance space that uh, is only really needs maintenance once a year that's it it gets one cutting each year and that's it so can you design your landscape it doesn't have to necessarily be a prairie meadow but can you put something into your landscape that doesn't require tons of work and is really going to pay off in the long term? Uh, so the next piece is where you do have lawn, consider replacing your grass with low-maintenance options. So there are a lot of alterna- so-called alternat- alternative lawns that are quickly becoming more and more um, popular, especially in low-traffic areas. Um, but you can also find low-maintenance grasses. So part of our lawn is what's called a no-mow lawn, and I only have to mow this area about um, two to three times a season, and it looks beautiful. Um, It's kind of this longer, very thin grass that grows into like a a shaggy carpet uh, kind of appearance. And let me tell you, it is the most wonderful lawn to walk barefoot on because it's just this... This is the softest grass you've ever felt. <laughs> and so the Nomo lawn that we have is a, a type of seed mix that comes from the Prairie Nursery in Wisconsin. And so they have a branded Nomo lawn seed mix. It's a brand of, uh, or a, a blend of several different types of uh, finer bladed fescues. And it's can be go, grown both in full sun and it has um, some full shade or heavy shade varieties as well mixed in there. So it, the seed mix has uh, quite a bit of adaptability to various lawn styles. And so it's definitely worth uh, checking out. Now, the one caveat to this mix is that it's primarily for... Uh, cooler climates so this is the northern half of the united states for example that this is best adapted to 
Um, there are also low maintenance lawn mixes that are available for the warmer climate areas as well. Um, some of the new up and coming varieties include uh, buffalo grass, uh, I think is one of them, and I I think another one of the varieties is blue grandma grass. And so, uh, for wherever you live, there are varieties of these lawns that are considered much lower maintenance and and much more resilient and adaptable to your space. So consider replacing your typical lawn seed with something that requires a lot less work. And the last piece I want to say here too is I really recommend you check out the Organic Lawn Care Manual by Paul Tukey. He's put together a great resource on taking care of lawns, whether it's a high-maintenance lawn or a low-maintenance lawn, but doing it in a way that's safe and healthy for your family. So I strongly recommend you check out this book. Um, And like I said, he's got tons of low-maintenance options in there as well, as well as a lot of ways to deal with pests and disease issues for your lawn that may pop up as well. So um, check it out. And likewise, if there's any more specific help you're interested in, and for your landscape, whether it's about your lawn or designing a low-maintenance lawn or lower-maintenance lawn, or just your landscape in general, how to save time and effort on it and still have a beautiful landscape, I offer consultation so you can check out my consultation services available at aestheticecosystems.com slash consulting. And at the time of this recording, I'm still offering consultation. This is not something that will be available long term in this way. So if this is something you want to take advantage of, I recommend you check it out now. So again, you can check out aestheticecosystems.com slash consulting. And of course, I'll have a link in the show notes to to the consult consultation page as well as to the resources i mentioned so some of the previous episodes um the 27 hours resource guide that you can access as well as paul tukey's a link to paul tukey's uh organic lawn care manual so with that guys um if you want to ask a question on the show uh, head on over to aestheticecosystems.com slash pod and there you can submit a question to be featured on the show in the future and as always thanks for tuning in and make sure you live with passion make tomorrow better than today.